Hello and welcome to Deep Geeks, the show where we delve through the Deep catalogue and try and pick out a few hidden gems. And most weeks we fail, including this week. How's it going? I'm Avery and this is my co-host Mark. Well, that was, hello, that was certainly an enthusiastic way to start. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, look, after you've done this for so long, it's hard to gather enthusiasm for something which so successfully fails more than anything else look here's the thing here's the thing one of these there is nothing wrong with but there's not really much to go on yeah no that's not (laughs) whereas the other one is dreadful i mean you say there's nothing wrong with it but that is not exactly the most positive way of like yes it's a perfectly serviceable cartoon it is a cartoon (laughs) sort of yeah it's there is it it's got some good writing does it it's got some good ideas. Okay. <laughs> right. The other doesn't. Okay. So the two that we are looking at today uh, are two kind of, I guess, sort of semi-mid-Arthurian kind of themed-ish sort of things. They're both fantasy-themed. Yeah. We have uh, the uh, cartoon based on the doll Lady Lovely Locks, and we also have Pocket Dragon Adventures, which... <laughs> what do you want to start with? Um, I have not much to say on either of them personally because I, oh, there's just I just don't think there isn't there's really anything to say about them. Okay, shall we start with Pocket Dragon Adventures then? Okay, okay. let's start with the easiest one to go through. Have you come across Pocket Dragons before? No. Pocket Dragons are basically this series of small, uh, I believe they're ceramic models. Right. They were created by the artist Real Musgrave. Real? I think his name's Real. It's okay. Real. It might be Real. It'll be Real. If uh, it's Real. How is it spelled? Uh, R-E-A-L. Uh, yeah, that'll be... Uh, yeah, no. It won't be pronounced Real, will it? Then they, He's not a fucking 3DO. He is the authentic Musgrave. Okay. So, Real Musgrave um, basically created these things in the 70s, um, initially from sketches, but um, is also the... Sculptor for them, which is quite unusual in the um, little novelty gift uh, ceramics business. Normally, you'd have the sculptors and the artists as separate ones. You just have someone sketch up the designs and Mm. then get a team of people to make them and then mass produce them uh, and send them to these quaint little awful, awful shops like the one we have in our local high street. Yeah. So... um, for some reason, this is a children's cartoon based on those? Yeah. <laughs> How about we take the thing that is not meant to appeal to children and make it appeal to children and then make the things that they're based off not available to children because they're ceramics? Yeah, it seems like an odd decision. These seems... These seems... I, I, I think it's, like, meant to be riding on, like, the success of Care Bears and stuff like that. You know, these... Things that were engineered to be merchandise to sell. Uh, yes, yes. But conveniently forgetting the fact that, that tiny ceramic figurines are not meant for children. I mean, they're, they're, they're lovely designs. They're these cute little dragon actual size things playing around with uh, human ephemera. They've got floppy ears and big eyes and they're exactly the kind of thing you will see in charity shops now. They were, ex- despite being an American thing, they were extremely popular in the UK. 50% of all sales of these things were in the UK. So there's a lot of them hanging around. Yeah, just quickly looking them up for a moment there. I um, 
I've definitely seen those before. They turn up in charity shops. Yeah, they, they do. definitely turn yeah. up in charity shops. They're, they're good designs. Yeah, they're solid. It's it's a, a quality piece of bric-a-brac merchandise. And the quality of the designs does actually extend to the series itself. Visually, it's... I mean, it's colorf- It's overly colourful, but it's charming. Is it? I mean, there's the medieval uh, pool table. I thought that was a cool de- detail to the uh, the wizard's house. Hmm. I don't know. I thought this entire thing was too boring. Really? <laughs> yeah. It, it didn't. It was. I, it. It felt like it didn't really have any substance to it. That it was very much kind of produced for one of those cheap book kind of cartoons and stuff. That's interesting. It certainly. Um has a tendency, from what we've seen, to fall back on cartoon antics very easily. Oh, yes, totally. But then, for the age range it's aiming at, and for the style of programme it's, uh, it is being, that is quite understandable. It makes a lot more sense for this to fall back on cartoon antics than it does for, say, the dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah, I'll agree there. Um... But, God, this dinosaurs was so disappointing. Oh, it really was. I wanted that to be so much better. But this uh, this has this kind of cool anachronistic fantasy world where you can have things like, uh, listed on the Wikipedia page, apparently there are taxis pulled by rhinoceroses. Oh, that's and fun. And touches like that. And um, dr- a full-size dragons that wear smoking jackets yes, okay, and fezzes. Yeah, I liked, um, what was his name? Uh, Sir, Sir Nigel. Sir Nigel. Sir Nigel. He was great. Just coming in dressed as Noel Coward. Yeah. Being as queer-coated as possible. It's pretty great. Yeah. So. They, I mean, they definitely did have fun with the designs because it, I mean, it was very open to interpretation. And I think they definitely did choose the best path possible for it i think one of the biggest problems they have though is that because they're sticking to the designs of the pocket dragons themselves as in the figurines the character designs aren't quite different enough yeah uh they're all just small green dragons of slightly varying sizes with slightly different clothing choices so you've got yeah. If you removed all of the clothing, like from the like the character models, they would just look all the same. Yeah. So you've got Philbert, who wears a red bandana and is the obvious leader and has no other characteristic. Uh, you've got Zoom Zoom, who wears an aviator's helmet, which this confused me. Zoom Zoom waves and wears an aviator's helmet that is the correct size for a tiny dragon, complete with goggles. Whereas Specs. Where's a human-sized pair of pince-nez? Why does the one with the aviator goggles get lenses built for them whilst the one that needs glasses has to borrow them from humans? Bucket dragons, bucket dragons. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't quite work. But yeah, Specs um, is the bookworm. Scribbles, uh, I think Scribbles is probably the best character idea. Scribbles is the one that carries a, a pencil around on a back and draws up uh, ridiculous designs right kind of engineering mm. stuff and this kind of forms the backbone for anything in this show there will always be some grand mechanical solution that doesn't quite go right it's pretty much the only substance this thing has mm. that makes it any different to any other show with a similar 
style. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Pinky, who is the small cute one. Right. And Cuddles, uh, who is sleepy. Oh, that's me. That's their entire characteristic. Yep, that's me. 100%. Mood. Yeah, big one. Especially the name, wow. Yeah, that's me. So they all live in a uh, kind of castle house thing that uh, is owned by a full-sized wizard. Not enough wizards in this show. Just, Just the one. Just the one. We need more wizards. Always need more wizards. Give me the big, great, beardy blokes. <laughs> there was, there was in one of the episodes that we saw, there was uh, a wizard convention hinted at. And I'm yes. still very sad that we didn't get to see just a room full of big white beady plugs. Just this fucking wizard convention would have been great. I'm 100% in for wizard conventions. Just make that the show. Make a show about a wizard convention. I mean, it, with the that would actually function quite well for cartoon antics. Well, here's the thing with the modern day uh, convention scene. If you were to make it today, you could very easily make a thing about a wizard convention. Uh, this functions as a huge sprawling, you know, you can do the jokes about going down the different aisles of Wizard's Alley with everyone trying to sell you different magics. Okay. And going on Wizarding Cosplay. Wizarding Cosplay You have to be in cosplay in cosplay. You have to be in cosplay in cosplay. You have to have a cosplayer taking off their wizard outfit to reveal another wizard outfit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take off the mailing outfit. And also, this. you're not allowed in unless you dress like a wizard. Of course. Complete with a big beard. But that's because you're just a wizard. Yeah. And a big pointy hat. You're not a proper wizard unless you have a big pointy hat. But also, um, Pratchett, in one of his short stories, had something called the Lanka Witch Trials, which, unlike Earth Witch Trials, was just the annual getting together of all the witches to uh, see who could have the most grand and interesting magic. Do that. Don't have us fart around in the same house over and over again. But then that's cheap and easy. And Yeah, you could just reuse the animation cells that you use for the background. Yeah, this is a shame. Like with a lot of shows, the meta around this is slightly more interesting than the show itself. For example, uh, this thing was created by Craig Miller. Uh, who also worked on the Smurfs, no surprise there. Yeah, this is basically just the Smurfs. Yeah, there's a lot of Smurfs in this. Um, but also, Marv Wolfman. If you haven't heard the name Marv Wolfman before, he was the co-creator of the Marvel Comics character Blade. Yeah, that still makes me giggle. <laughs> quite a progression every time marv wolfman's name came up <laughs> i just thought marv wolfman did this <laughs> oh boy that's jobbing for you yeah that's but, a real I mean, good job to be fair this they're, they're the setting is good the idea is good they wrote 40 percent of the episodes between them it would be nice if it went anywhere, but it's kind of this low-stakes kids' comedy, so what do you expect? Yeah. Um, the other interesting thing is that this was the first ever American cartoon to be created under Writers Guild accreditation. Hmm. So the writers were getting paid full guild dues for this one, whereas with previous deep cartoons, they were probably <laughs> massively underpaid. Huh. 
Interesting. Yeah. The fact that Deke, the Do It Cheap Corporation, was the first American cartoon producer, uh, at least television cartoon producer, to pay full guild level writers is fascinating. That is not something I expected to find out today. Well, you learn something new every day. Shall we move on to our next cartoon? Well, I do also have to note that this was nominated for one award. And it's not one of the awards you actually remember. It was a Humanitas Award for works uh, (laughs) that were pro-humanity in general for some reason. Which I'm guessing was more down to the fact that they were the first one to pay their fucking writers properly. Yeah. That was interesting. Anyway. Aside from that, there were 52 episodes of it one season, except it stretched to 104 episodes in the UK where they broadcast it as a 15-minute rather than a 30-minute. Right. Which was probably sensible. I think this probably was a lot more palatable in 15-minute chunks than it was in double the... uh, length episodes yes i agree so from one eh, kind of cartoon to a a, a, eh, cartoon (laughs) yeah here we have lady lovely locks now i quite admit this show is not aimed at us no especially not me we have that's the thing though we have talked about shows that are not aimed at our demographic none of these shows are aimed at our demographic because we are way past the age demographic for these well that's true except maybe where's wally which well okay yeah i'll give you where's wally dad jokes mostly yeah that one was definitely um but i don't really think that stops us we have discussed things like aimed for young um, women such young girls and such we before i liked care bears regardless yeah. of its slightly creepy content yeah uh the poochie special we thought should have been poochie given special was fucking ace. a lot more of a, a chance that one would have been really good if that actually was a thing but unfortunately nothing to do with the product so it fails <laughs> um lady lovely locks on the other hand this is tripe. Yeah. Um, yes. When she was uh, making My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, Lauren Faust uh, mentioned that she did. She wanted to make it not like the old uh, children's girls' cartoons that she had seen when she was a kid, where basically nothing happens, there's very little conflict, and everything is solved simply by things happening because of what the power of friendship or whatever Mm. it feels a lot like she was talking about this specific era of girls cartoons yeah i have to agree so this was an american greetings card character Mm. that was also a toy line as american greetings cards characters tended to be uh, Lady Lovely Locks were a series of really, really gaudy dolls. Oh god, yeah, the I've seen pictures of the dolls that you show me. It's just a mess of colour. They, yeah. they don't. It doesn't look like there was any thought process put into the actual design of Lady Lovely Locks herself. You can use a lot of colours in a design, but. 
this was using them without any kind of coordination or understanding of color theory. Yeah. So it just looked like they'd stitched together random bits of weirdly colored material into a dress held by this really disturbing faced doll. Mm. Well, as most girls' dolls were. Well, yeah. But every design was dreadful. The only vaguely passable one, I would say, was the villain. Yeah. Because they used sim- nice, simple colours on her. And they worked together. Yeah. they it, had. Actually... It wasn't just a garbage heap. Yeah. They gave her a kind of this pretty good-looking um, purple dress and black hair. Yeah. Goes well. Stylish. <sighs> but nothing else in this... Uh, thing is pleasant to look at so we bring you to the cartoon Mm. would you say this is one of the worst looking cartoons we've seen no i would say super duper sumos well that's looks pretty fucking awful anything from yeah that era of deke apart from uh weird mysteries yeah which where it worked in its favor um was just terrible looking yeah, that kind of digitized coloring era. Yeah, the Stargate Infinity Evolution animated Super Duper Sumos. It just doesn't look good. But as your traditional um, cell hand uh, painted goes, this is some of the words we've had, right? Eh, I don't know. I can't really remember enough. I mean, the designs are bland. It It's just generic. That's the thing. It's just generic more than anything else. It's just splashes of colour everywhere and very little else. Yeah. Um, so the premise here is that Lady Lovely Locks is... I don't know. I think she rules... She's some kind of royalty. She's some kind of royalty. She rules a castle. Yeah. And her nemesis... Nemesis? Uh, I mean, she's a nemesis. One-sided villain, because I'm pretty sure Lady Lovely Lux doesn't know that she's bad, or whatever. Uh, no, she knows that Rave, Raven... Uh, Raven Waves. Raven Waves. Or something like that. No, you've got it, Raven Waves. Because uh, it's hair-themed. Yeah. Uh, Raven Waves is evil, um, and has an evil menu called Hairball. Which is literally just a weird fucking gremlin. I don't understand his character design at all. I don't He's, like his character his design. His character design is so out of place compared to everything else. So, Lady Lovely Locks has these three hair sprites. Yeah, like little pixies. They're kind of like... The pixie they look, they look sort of like bunnies, in a sense. Yeah. But it, it's weird, and they're honestly kind of terrifying. Well, they look like everything else American Greetings was doing at the time. True. True, but small. But small, with kind of these long, flowy tufts of hair. Yeah. So that when they're flying around, they uh, they waft. Yeah. That is literally all there is to it. Because the villains do very little, fail miserably every time, even without uh, Lady Lovely Locks intervening. Don't. Well, you forgot about the other gremlin-type characters, the comb gnomes. They don't do anything. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They're just going to show up and be a bit menacing. Oh, uh, the other main character you forgot was the prince. Oh, who yeah, the is cursed to prince. be a dog. Yes. We're not sure why. No. It, this is this 
cursing is not seen. The very first episode, he's already a dog. Yeah. Or at least the first episode we saw. I'm not 100% sure it was the first episode. Perhaps it was. It did kind of establish the premise. Yeah. Regardless. In the episodes we saw, in one, uh, Lady Lovely Locks was saved by the prince, mm. turning into a human momentarily. Somehow. And in the other, uh, Lady Lovely Locks uh, was saved by um, things just going to shit for the villains and nothing happening. Yes. She has no agency. No. At all. No. Nah. She doesn't do anything. She relies on others or just the plot to make her safe again. Which is weird because the message of the second episode was you have to give people a chance to be good. When what actually happened in that episode was they gave a villain a chance to be good and he stopped being good. He was never good. He was always a trickster. Yeah. But then they just said, this is the message of this episode. Yeah. As, like you have to give people a chance to be good. I mean, we rip into the uh, the moral messages of these cartoons that are always at the end of them and stuff like that because they they never work. They're always super awkward and always incredibly daft. See, Sonic says the classic ridiculous one. Speaking of which, live action yeah. PSA bumpers. Yeah, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I mean, like, we're no strangers to that because rock and wrestling had it, but it worked for rock and wrestling because that was the actual wrestlers. Yeah. You just see which wrestlers uh, don't have anything important to do that day. Yeah. Have them do weird promo-style uh, uh, PSAs. With this... Um, don't do drugs, brother! I think they had a live-action model for introductions from for PSAs, and she looks about 40. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry to point <laughs> she, out. Yeah, she pretended to be Lovelace. I'm sorry to point out a, a lady's age, but she is not age appropriate for this teenage. Uh, yeah. No, princess. I have to agree because Lady Lovelux in the cartoon is like what twelve? She looks yeah. extremely young, and then she comes on screen live action, and f- f- like the, the the lady playing her live action comes on, still pretending to be Lady Lovelux, and it's like fucking hell, love, you've aged about twenty years. What's going on? It's very weird. And it's un- so bizarre. Work. It's so bizarre how that that just happens. Also, the thing that um, hit me the most was that she has a striking resemblance to Jean Bassone who um, you may know as Hurricane Jane from uh, either Glow or, indeed, Plumbers Don't Wear Ties. <laughs> Striking resemblance to Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Female wrestler and porn actress Jean Bissell. Yeah. <laughs> Living her best life. Yeah. She did appear on a GameFAQs forum thread about, the, about Plumbers Don't Wear Ties once. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which was amusing. Um... Notice we're having more fun talking about things that are not this cartoon, which says a lot. Ah, uh, that's pretty much par for the course at this well, point. Yes, that's true. Um, but yeah, no, we we like ripping into the moral message parts of the show because they're fun and they're ridiculous and they make no sense. But here, it is. It makes especially no sense because the message has absolutely nothing to do with the actual events of the show, well, or it, it, it doesn't match up. It directly contravenes the message yeah. of the actual writing. <laughs> Yeah. 
So yeah, no, I it, I definitely agree with you. Lauren Force was definitely talking about Lady Fucking Lovely Locks <laughs> when she was talking about not wanting to make a show like that when producing uh, Friendship is Magic. It's yeah, it is the it's the kind of girl cartoon that gives girls cartoons a bad name. Yes, very much so. Meanwhile, I would say Friendship is Magic was incredibly successful at being a very, very good example of an excellent cartoon for girls. Oh yeah, absolutely. And since then, um, girls' cartoons have been the really solid ones lately. Yeah. I mean, you've got that, you've got... I think you could argue, argue that Steven Universe has a primarily feminine audience. Yes. Uh, or at least aims for a primarily feminine audience, but is... I think it's just anyone, really. It's very much an it's, anyone. It's very much just an anyone show. But then it's about space lesbians. Yes. And well, non-binary space lesbians. Non-binary space lesbians. And then, of course, recently you've got the new She-Ra. Yes, I was about to mention She-Ra. Which is basically Avatar for girls with princesses. Yes. And it's great. I mean, you could also argue that The Legend of Korra as well. Well, yeah, true. Legend of Korra was also a... We've definitely come a very long way uh, since Lady Leverlocks in terms of cartoons aimed at girls. And it's good. It's very good. I'm very happy that uh, we've moved away from this incredibly shitty, like, oh, girls can't get involved in danger because that's no good. They're all princesses. Kind of bullshit. I'll, I'll tell <sighs> you one one massive reason why things are improving at the moment uh in my understanding mm. and that is because you don't have to sell the advertising anymore because <laughs> yeah. when these things come up on netflix and your main ser- uh, your main um thing is through internet services the people who watch them don't have to be the people they were originally aimed at anymore yeah or the the people who they were specifically targeted for the marketing for anymore, because if you remember uh, the original Teen Titans, really popular cartoon, bloody good show, absolutely loved, had a strong female demographic, mm. cancelled because of it, ah, because they wanted to sell toys to boys, right? So they killed it and replaced it with Teen Titans Go. Oh dear. Now that that is collapsing. And things can just be their own thing without having to be a marketing uh, tool to grab people so that they either buy toys like Lady Lovely Locks or as the meat where uh, the vegetables are... This is a weird metaphor. Yeah, this is a really bizarre the metaphor. The, the meal where the meat is the, the, the cartoon and the vegetables that you have to stomach at the same time and the adverts for various toys and dolls and... Uh, bits of gubbins that you're trying to sell to kids. Strange metaphor. I think it's it works, but it's strange. Um, because that is dying as a culture. I think we have a chance of a future where we don't have stuff like Lady Lovely Locks anymore. But I mean, see also the fact that it has now become more acceptable that adults watch car- these cartoons well, just true. as much as kids, which has also helped greatly in the writing department because it means that they can kind of include some more serious storylines going on and not just be cartoon antics. Well, look look at who you had on Pocket Dragon Adventures. They had Marv Wolfman. I mean, to be quite honest... Steven Universe is another great example here. Yeah. It is a kid's show, but 
I'm pretty sure it has more adult fans than kid fans at this yeah, point. Yeah, quite possibly. But of course, it's also because because of streaming, you can have grand arcs. Mm. Whereas at this point, everything had to be episodic, and as a result, everything is completely inconsequential because everything has yeah. to return to an equilibrium at the end of the episode. Whereas now you can just well. you can you can create sort of episodic stories that all string in the uh, into a grand narrative. Or in the sense of Steven Universe, you can have the kind of introductory episodes just be the filler guff, where they where just fun stuff happens and then wham story time <laughs> i mean yeah it, it, and it, if it any, works if anything <laughs> that works more now because if you because it's not something where hey kids this thing you like is on at this time every once a week yeah is not the uh the status quo anymore what you have is hey kids this story's continuing there's going to be more of it yeah yeah and you can just stream it now because it's here it's on the internet here did you miss episodes they're also on the internet here you can just keep watching this grand narrative and it draws people in which means there is a lot more room for things like character development for long plot arcs for just creativity yeah i seem to have gone on a rant the age of the kids' DVD tape and oh stuff have pretty here's, much been ended. Here's like, three random episodes. Yeah. Or here is seven episodes that were just lifted, like, that come one after the other in the entire series, the grand scheme of things. But they're all separate stories anyway. But it's just like, frolics in the park and seven other interesting adventures. Yeah. <sighs> it's not good no i'm so glad that uh i mean we are in another animation renaissance i think yes i agree fully i mean one of the most popular cartoons out there right now is bojack horseman a distinctly adult cartoon the age of proper adult cartoons that aren't just spewing offensive humor everywhere like definitely marks an animation renaissance i think because to me if you said adult cartoon i think like shit like south park Mm. i think shit like uh ren and stimpy's adult party cartoon or whatever it was called like the the cartoons where it's just intentionally offensive and like more crass and rude than it has any need to be just to keep kids out from watching it yeah i think Family Guy, again, They're also. not having to prove themselves anymore. Yes. They're allowed to be more serious whilst still being entertaining and funny, which is exactly what BoJack is. It's, well, I would say probably what She-Ra is, really, as well, and Steven <laughs> Universe. Again, not distinctly adult cartoons like BoJack is, but it just, it's become this more universally loved thing where people of all ages can just come together and watch and enjoy this without having to worry about things written for below or above their age level. So yes, I fully agree. We're definitely in an animation renaissance. Once yeah. again, it's come back around full uh, circle. We're in an animation renaissance and we're watching Deke shows from the 80s. <laughs> um, I would say another thing that definitely proves we're in an animation renaissance would have been the film Spider, uh, in Spider-Man Into oh the Spider-Verse. Oh my god, Spider-Verse. Jeez. Spider-Verse was fucking gorgeous best spider-man movie yeah full stop <laughs> best animated marvel thing i would say um yeah 
because it's yeah easily magnificent and everything just oh we could probably speak for hours on end about how good spider-verse is um if you've not seen it then you're probably too late to go and see it in the cinema but do pick it up if you uh if, if it appears like once it appears for like renting digitally or whatever do get on that because it is amazing it is so good you don't need to see any of the other marvel films to see it it's a self-contained kind of thing just oh oh beautiful movie beautiful but yeah we're definitely definitely in our sense. everything has become good again (laughs) i think i think friendship is magic definitely kick-started it uh it yes because and friendship was magic as much as i really 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 dislike the brony like subculture and fandom they are the first big adult like demographic fan base for a kids cartoon well it's the first one to really go viral yes i mean there are there, there were the shows before it that kind of sort of went viral like uh gravity falls yeah, Gravity Falls is also pretty pretty big. Although I'd say that's more in the kind of teen to like early to mid twenties demographic, more than quote unquote adult. Yeah, than anything else. It has a following, is the point. Yes, um, it's, it's definitely. I think had it come out five years later, it probably would have had a much bigger following. Yes, for uh, sure. But it's it's definitely uh, those two are definitely the early parts of an era. For sure, for sure. So, yeah. That concludes this episode, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, there are other things we can say about Lady Lovely Locks, but only that it lasted for precisely 20 episodes. Wow, that is... That's low even by Jesus, yeah. They're normally at least enough for a full syndication run, but Christ, only 20. 20. Ouch. <sighs> so, yeah, that concludes it. These uh, animated cartoons are shit, and animation cartoons nowadays are so much better. But how shit were these cartoons? Oh, shit. We've got to rank them. I yep. forgot about this segment <laughs> of the podcast that we do every other week and have been doing for two, three years now. Okay, so where are we looking here? So let's start with Pocket Dragons. It's perfectly mediocre. Yeah, it's pretty average. Yeah. There are good things about it, there are bad things about it. It's not that interesting, but it's also inoffensive. Yes, I agree. So where would you think? Like, What what, what comes mm. to mind when you think about cartoons that are similar to Pocket Dragons in terms of like our overall verdict of it? Um, where have we got Care Bear Adventures? Probably far too high. Uh, we don't... It's just the Care Bears. Sorry, the Care Bears. Care Bear Adventures is, is a separate cartoon. Uh, we have it at number 12. That's quite high. It is quite high. Because but, the Care Bears was actually a pretty fun cartoon to watch. Uh, yeah. Um, keep running down, then. Uh, from 12? Okay. No. <laughs> Okay, what's what have we? <laughs> That's an absurd idea. What the fuck are you talking about? Okay, in that case, what have we got precisely halfway through the list? Uh, well, we've got uh, halfway through the list would be number twenty-three. We've got Where in the World Is Carmen San Diego, which I agree is definitely a perfectly mediocre cartoon. Yeah, yeah, I think that's landed quite nicely. Actually, slightly better than Carmen San Diego. Well, above Carmen San Diego, we have Alienators Evolution Continues. Ooh, things do happen in Alienators. Yes. <laughs> Um, 
Designs are worse, though. I would pin that down to the animation style more than anything else. Although, I would say they are sadly really generic designs in Alienators. Yeah, there's some cool aliens. Apart from Gassy and the aliens themselves. The characters are just random people you could pick off the street. What's above that? Uh, Jason the Wheeled Warriors, which I remember absolutely bugger all about. It's definitely the lesser of the early Deke, very anime stuff. Yeah. Is it better than Stargate Infinity? Stargate Infinity had more plot going for it. It did. It wanted to be something that it wasn't. It was also very dull. Yeah, but it did have the interesting, yet really ham-fisted episode with Echo's past, which I feel as badly handled as that episode was distinctly makes it better than pocket dragons okay okay uh, simply because it tried to be something so what did we say was jace and the wheeled warriors was below stargate it was better than jace and the wheeled warriors that was, was the, it eh, I, mean, the, I mean the world made no sense in jason the wheeled warriors i mean honestly the, like my question is, is it really that better than Carmen? Carmen was a lot duller than I remember. Yes, I have to agree. I feel like it was more engaging, though. Okay, okay. Well, then you should have come up with the objection before I started. Well, to... I've only just thought of it, so... Okay, 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 okay. Um, I also feel like Alienators has a lot going for it as well. Oh, okay, okay, um, okay. So if we backtrack back down to... Common San Diego. What's directly below Common San Diego? Captain N, the Game Master. Which, oh, as bad as it was, I still, it's still, I, I have a soft spot for it. It's just because it's hilariously bad. Mm. D- D- Captain N is one of those shows where it is terrible, but in a fun kind of enjoyable way. And what's directly below that? Kid Video, which I am going to say. It it's is 100% better, than, better Kid than Kid Video. Kid Video has the good music, but apart from the music, it doesn't beat it. <laughs> right, yeah. I but... did listen to the Kid Video album there uh, the other day and had a fun time of it. <laughs> it's really good music. I, I can see why they got Levy popular. And, uh, yeah. I'm Saban. Yeah. Um, if I had to pit it anyway, I would definitely put it between Captain N and Kid Video because Captain N is engaging to watch because it is fun to see how they have completely taken this tiny little character sprite and made it completely incorrect. <laughs> Mega wow. Yes. <laughs> hey there, this is Editor Avery here, just slicing in here, uh, just to stop the recording mainly. Uh, you know how early on in this episode, Mark's audio got really distorted and it wasn't really pleasant to use until about 11 minutes in when it cleared up. Uh, yeah, that kind of happened again here. We're still not sure of what's causing that issue, but we're looking into it still, and hopefully, hopefully, we'll try and get this thing, like, resolved. We're going to try recording on a different computer next episode, and we'll see what happens. If that's not it, then fucking hell if, like, we do not know what's causing it. Either way, I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of the discussion that happened after this. Basically, what happened was, Mark asked me where I think Lady Lovely looks, uh, kind of fits in the most with what what what's the, what it is the most um most like and i said number 32 which is the new archies on the ranking list number 32 uh, and 
yes, it is very much like the new Archies and its animation style and the fact that it is basically nothing. However, we both agreed that the new Archies was better. Underneath that was Hey Vern, It's Ernest, a terrifying TV show, but again, somehow, we both agreed that it's better than this show. Possibly because it is actually more entertaining, amazingly. Um, but underneath Hey Vern, It's Ernest was Bump in the Night, a show that is famously just too much for anyone to ever deal with. The show itself is like 15 minutes per episode, but it's just a assault on our senses and it drains you of energy the moment the theme tune starts. How they managed to think that making it 60 minutes long for a Christmas special was a good idea, no clue. Uh, but we agreed that Bump in the Night was actually worse than Lady Love Locks, so it slotted in nicely at number 34. So, with all that said and done, this has been Deep Geeks. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. Uh, we also apologise for the audio problems that have been happening in this episode as well. But, um, yeah, if you want to get in touch with us, then you can do so through Twitter. That's at MostlyCobalts. Uh, you can get in touch via email. That's MostlyCobalts at gmail.com. Uh, you can get in touch with Mark on Mastodon, V-O-R-D-U-S at Mastodon.social. And, yeah, that's about it for the contacting things. Um, if you've enjoyed listening to this episode and you're not subscribed already, then please feel free to do so. You can do through an RSS feed using your podcatcher of choice or on iTunes. And we're fairly sure we're on Google Play Podcasts as well. Um, but yes, thank you very much for listening and toodaloo. We'll see you next time for more shit, presumably. See you later. <laughs>